0: Now we are entering into a third panel discussion um, Islamic Jihad's Global Funding Network and Communist Left Sport. And in this session, we do have six wonderful uh, speakers Advocate Monica Arora Ji, us uh, Gauter Ji, Sardar Ravi Ranjan Singh Ji, uh, Kumar Singh Ji, Khaled Umar Ji, Jerome Antono uh i welcome all of you and uh, i'll just uh, um, give my one sentence input regarding this islamic jihad's uh, global funding network and feminist led sports i have seen uh, this funding network uh, for the past 30 years i have seen a uh, shifting from uh, iraq uh, from uh, libya from saudi arabia gulf states now right in the center of the united states of america there are islamists so strong they have their own money their business people are so passionate they give millions and millions of dollars to further their quote unquote evil agenda. i must say and uh, you know that communist leftist sport is comes from biggest uh, tech corporations these days So that is the situation. And uh, um, first speaker, I'll I'll have all those speakers in order what I see in our poster. So I welcome, first of all, very respectable uh, advocate Monica Aroraji. She's an Indian lawyer practicing in the Supreme Court of India and the High Court of Delhi. She's a former president of Delhi University Students Union, is also an expert and speaker. co-author of a wonderful book, the book, um, Daily Rights 2020, The Untold Story. Welcome, Monica ji, please.
1: Namaskar uh, Tahir I'm so honored and so proud to share this platform with such esteemed speakers. Indeed, honor is all mine here. And I just want to focus here on a small aspect of this entire problem. And that is my choice with the communist jihadi network in India. I'll say, yes, the global forces operate here, but how they have been operating, and I never chose this field. This field chose me. I was simply doing my law. I was simply taking my cases. But somehow or the other, I became the center of all these things happening around me. And till this day, whatever we do, god knows how we irritate this network and this network comes after us so we never chose it they chose us and if i may just start for, by uh, stating that today being 11th of september and i remember in 1893 11th of september the swami and ji ne waha par wish dharm sansa sammelan ko sambodhit kiya tha or kaha tha ki i come from that civilization which is the mother of all civilizations he said, कि जिस तरह से सब नदियाँ अलग-अलग रास्तों से होकर समुद्र में मिल जाती हैं उसी प्रकार से सभी अपना-अपना मार्ग पर पूजा करते-करते उसी ईश्वर के पास जाते हैं इसलिए मैं किसी को टॉलरेट नहीं करता मैं सभी को एक्सेप्ट करता हूँ कि मैं भी सच्चा हूँ और this टॉलरेंस का मार्ग, ये एक्सेप्टेंस का This ये विवेकानंद universal acceptance विवेका ने हम सबको और दुनिया को the world. साथ ही उन्होंने एक बहुत जबरदस्त बात कही थी, जो कहीं world. कहीं हम लोग भूल जाते हैं। उन्होंने कहा था कि मैं विरोध करता हूँ। हम सबको विरोध करना the तलवार की कट्टरता का भी This the the 11 सितंबर 2001 में जब अमेरिका पे आतंकी हमला हुआ था जिहादी कट्टरता हमने देखी है जब सीरिया में आईएसआईएस ने सत्ता संभाल ली थी आज हम वो कट्टरता देख रहे हैं अफगानिस्तान में जहां महिलाएं पढ़ नहीं सकती ऊपर नीचे तक sex में रहती हैं आदमी के बिना घर से नहीं जा सकती Shariah Kanon ne unka Jivan narak bana diya Communist China Chuphe, Russia lagab Chuphe. Islamic desh welcome karahihe. hai ki shayad Islamic raje ki shuruwaat ho jayai. Ye toh thi talwar ki kattartha. Paar joh kalam ki kattartha hai na woh sab dhek rahehi hai conference ho Dismantling Global Hindutva Conference. Is Isna koji hindu scholar कोई Hindu पे एकेडेमिशियन नहीं है ये पॉलिटिकल एक्टिविस्ट्स हैं ये ये हेट मॉंगर्स हैं दे हेट हिंदूइज्म दे हेट इंडिया और इनका जमावड़ा इकट्ठा हुआ है जो अपने आप को एकेडेमिशियंस कह रहा है तो इसी जो कलम की कट्टरता है हम इसकी बात कर रहे हैं आपने पोस्टर हम सबने देखा इनका पोस्टर पे दिखा रहे हैं हम गलतफहमी में रहना नहीं चाहिए हम हैं भी नहीं यह केवल आरएसएस के खिलाफ नहीं है यह केवल सवरकर जी के खिलाफ नहीं है यह केवल विवेकानंद जी और विंदो के खिलाफ नहीं है यह हिंदुत्व के खिलाफ है यह हिंदू धर्म के खिलाफ है यह भारत के खिलाफ है अगर मैं यह कह सकूं कि जो जो हिंदू दुनिया में कहीं भी रह रहा ये इस कॉन्फ्रेंस को हिंदुस्तान में कर सकते थे अगर सोनिया गांधी जी के सरकार होती तो इन्होंने खुद ही लिखा है हम कॉन्फ्रेंस हिंदुस्तान में ही कर सकते थे पर शायद मोदी जी के नेतृत्व में जो सरकार आई है इनके लिए ऐसी पॉलिटिकल हीट फिल्ड कॉन्फ्रेंस करना जरा मुश्किल जा रहा है ऑनलाइन कि कितने हेट स्पीचेस दी जा रही है इस कॉन्फ्रेंस के ऊपर लेकिन ये इंडियन यूनिवर्सिटीज में अगर मैं कहीं ना कहीं कह सकूं बाकी की यूनिवर्सिटीज में 350 दिन यही हेट कॉन्फ्रेंसस होती हैं 24 घंटे जब भी मौका मिलता है वो प्रोफेसरस जो बच्चों को पढ़ाते हैं वो ऐसा ही हिंदुत्व के प्रति हेट्रेट पढ़ाते हैं वैसे सी चीजें पढ़ाती हैं जो सुनना भी हमारे लिए पाप हो सकता है इनको कोई रोकने वाला नहीं होता कितने ही डिपार्टमेंट्स हैं कितने ही हमारे जो सेंटर्स हैं पर लगातार ये लेफ्टिस्ट प्रोफेसर यही कर रहे हैं और इसका तो हमने सामने देखा है और भुगता है अगर मैं कह सकूं तो हमारे हिंदुस्तान में स्कूल्स की टेक्स्ट बुक्स में पढ़ाया जा रहा था कि भगत सिंह, लाला लाजपत राय, बाल गंगाधर तिलक terrorist. We थे, टेररिस्ट थे। हमने and टेररिस्ट freedom fighters. We have to in Indian courts, fight in Indian courts, and fight in Indian courts. Then Bagar Singh is terrorist. He is a freedom fighter. Now, when we are talking BA, we are talking about the law, we are talking उसको ए के रामानुजन का आर्टिकल 300 रामायणस पढ़ाया जाता था हिस्ट्री के अंदर और इस आर्टिकल में क्या पढ़ाया जाता था इतना खराब पढ़ाया जाता था कि रावण की छींक से सीता पैदा हुई रावण सीता का बाप था लक्ष्मण और सीता के अनैतिक संबंध थे हनुमान जी लंका के शयन कक्षों में रोज रात को विचारा करते थे कि वहां पर पति पत्नी क्या कर रहे हैं this prakar ka sab padhaya jata tha humne cases file ki high court supreme court mein ultimately delhi university se course ko hatwaya to bawal ho gaya aur aisa hi bawal uske baad hua post graduation mein jata hai wahan wendy doniger ki hindus and alternative history published by penguin publishers wo ye kya बताएंगे, Wendy बताएंगे is such a good scholar, you know, she's a scholar in Hindutva. is They will never come on facts. Let me tell the facts. Wendy Doniger's book, Hindus and Alternative History, is so, and ganjha peete opium ke nashe rani lakshmi bai ko kaha she was loyal to the britishers Or shivaling ka aakar ka itna badha varnan karte hain ki main wo bol bhi nahi doniger kai jagah likhti hai ki ye sab research material kahan se mila to she referred to the writings of shashi tharur aisa shallow work we went to the court of law Hamne wahan network ko expose karte kaha jihadi network ko what is this going on we strongly object to such portions which depict our gods and goddesses our freedom fighters in bad light it's defamatory kindly remove these portions we went to the court of law cases filed here teen saal tak cases chale jab saman gaya wendy doniger ko penguin publishers ko to humare office mein, office mein aake penguin publishers ne ka ji this book is trash it is best suited in the dustbin we will trash the book, we will pulp the book. We will sign this compromise with you. They have sign it and we have a case withdrawal. Now, A.K. E. Ramana Ujjani Wendy Doniger, who is writing 300 ramayanas Hindus in alternative history, they never dare to write an Islamic alternative history. They never dare to write 300 Qurans. They will become Charlie Hebdo. They will not be saved funding sara inka gyan we simply abide by the rule of law Constitution of India Freedom of religion is there for everybody. Serve them somehow. It can't be anti-majority. So, this is the objectionable portion. Please, 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 is please, 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 It can't be anti-majority. please, 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 this is hindu fringe striking again aisa lagta extremist bura dismantle ke ko hamare devi religion ko hamare dharm ko hamare history ko books ko. Joke ho, we don't even have the right to respond academically why he is this one-sided. He is one sided is tak Maoist or jihadi attack which jo education चल रहा chal courts mein bhi chal raha hai example of chahungi main example 25 km door 25 km the riots, riots We to ground zero and we documented that fact-finding report. this uh, book Delhi Rides 2020 an Untold Story. Bloomsbury read the legal department But suddenly, last August, this conspiracy was hatched by this uh, uh, communist jihadi network. Some fellow named Atish Tasir, of that ill fame, kya tha wo? Modi divider in Chief Times magazine. One person named William Dalrymple, koi ek Bollywood key actress, koi ek Hollywood se, they started tweeting that Bloomsbury, how can you publish this book? This was a fact finding report. You can say it is good, it is bad. You can find it, it truth uh, reading worthy or you can dump it. But how can you cancel a book? this is book jihad going on and they practically bloomsbury succumbed to their pressure withdraw kar liya. they aborted their own child, the book but what is our problem? gaurav publisher came and the book became a black, uh, the bestseller we sold more than 50,000 such copies but we and क्योंकि मैं am की लॉयर भी हूँ, मैं इनसे रोज मेरा इनसे वास्ता पड़ता है. every day. I think I am less with the nationalists and more with this network. और ये लोग क्या करते हैं अगर मैं इसको एक मिनट में आखिर में ताहिर जी बता पाऊँ जो मैं रोज देखती हूँ, एक अगर हम लोग JNU में, Jawaharlal में एक रूल लेकर आते हैं कि we will have compulsory attendance for all. तुम्हें करो you will have compulsory attendance. The Rule is Rule so student organization. You will protest. You will protest. You protest. You will protest. You will protest. You will protest. teachers की organisation You will protest. You will protest. You will protest. we support the student will protest. You will protest. You will protest. You है protest. You will protest. You will protest. You पूरी पिटीशन तैयार है सेम डे कोर्ट में मेंशन की जाती है कोर्ट में लगवा दी जाती है और आर्ग्युमेंट हो जाता है और आर्ग्युमेंट के बाद जब दो बजे आर्ग्युमेंट खत्म होता है हम लंच में अपनी चेंबर में आते हैं अपना मोबाइल उठाते हैं कि देखें क्या न्यूज़ है तो वायर स्क्रोल इन सबने उससे 5 5000 के लिखे होते हैं कि कैसे Articles con tweet kiya jata inki next army aati hai battle next army ko de dete twitter kiya apne par tweet karte hain celebrity tweets karwate hindustan mein academicians say, journalists say, bollywood say, bollywood say, kisi ek prize winner ko pakad international celebrity ko pakad it becomes big this is how the ecosystem works it is a relay race it's a baton race In pura jo ecosystem hai uske armies alag alag students ki army alag hai teachers ki army alag hai staff ki army alag hai lawyers ki army alag hai celebrities ki army alag International, position holders hain unki army hai. ki army there is a strong need ki hum ecosystem develop karain. एक मुद्दे पर हम जो लिख सकते हैं आर्टिकल्स वो लिखें जो वीडियोस बना सकते हैं वो वीडियो बनाएं जो इस पर कुछ ट्रेंडिंग कर सकते हैं ट्विटर पर वो ट्रेंडिंग करें जो इस पर कहीं भी ज्ञापन दे सकते हैं मेमोरांडम दे सकते हैं इंटरनेशनल एजेंसीज को वो वो करें हर कोई अपना अपना काम करे तभी जाकर इस हिंदुस्तान में जो मोदी गवर्नमेंट आ गई है इनकी फंडिंग रुक गई है तो इनको थोड़ा डर सा लगता है ये हेटरेट का प्रचार करने के लिए दूसरा सोशल मीडिया आ गया है तो इनका झूठ कहीं दबता नहीं है किसी प्लेटफार्म को कैंसल नहीं कर सकते सोशल मीडिया इंडिपेंडेंट है जैसे आज इनके कॉन्फ्रेंस को एक्सपोज करा वैसे ही इस कॉन्फ्रेंस को पता भी रहा है तो इसलिए आज थोड़े बहुत हैं जो तो इसलिए अमेरिका ने तो घुटने टेक दिए अफगानिस्तान में बाकी कंट्रीज को समझ नहीं आ पा रहा कि इनसे लड़ें तो कैसे लड़ें हमने सरवाइव किया है ना हिंदुस्तान में 1000 साल तक सरवाइव किया है 800 साल तो मुगलों को सरवाइव किया 200 साल तक हमने ब्रिटिशर्स को सरवाइव किया और फिर 70 साल से हम को सरवाइव कर रहे हैं आज भी जिंदा हैं क्योंकि जब राज्य वो हमारे पास था, हमारे संस्मार्ज के पास था, हमारे आम इंसान के पास था, जिसने अपने धर्म का पार, धर्म का मार्ग नहीं छोड़ा। इसलिए मैं आखिर में यही कहूँगी कि आज ये विवार पर्दे की तरह हिलने लगी। शर्त लेकिन है कि ये बुनियाद हिलनी चाहिए। सिर्फ हंगामा खड़ा करना हम सबका मकसद नहीं। हमारी
0: Jai Ji. <laughs> <useum> <kabbali> yeah, Thank you very much for your very precise words. Um, as you mentioned that we need to create our own ecosystem and I really congratulate uh, Kapir Mishra to creating that kind of a great platform. And today, we are doing a conference uh, through Hindu Ecosystem, facilitated by Sangam Talks. Uh, I would like to move on to a very great scholar of our time, um, Mr. Francois Getter. Uh, he is a wonderful, wonderful author. Uh, he happened to be South Asia correspondent for *Le Hikaro and a columnist in leading Indian newspapers uh, he's an author of uh, several best-selling books. Welcome, sir. We would love to hear your views on this very delicate issue.
2: Uh, first, I would like to say that whatever I have learned, whatever I say, I have learned it in your country, in India, and my gratefulness goes to, to Mother India, to this uh, wonderful country which uh, adopted me and which I have adopted. So I am no great scholar. Whatever scholarship I have, I have learned it here at the feet of Mother India. Now, of course, the title of the conference is uh, absolutely apt and, and, and correct, but what I would like to add is what's more important to me is dismantling Western endology. So what's important to me is dismantling Western endology. The greatest culprits in the story are Western endologists. In fact, the brain between, be, behind this dismantling uh, hindutva conference is a frenchman called christophe jaffrelot now christophe jaffrelot has been the leader of indology in france for the last 25 years and my personal enemy and he has written a number of books on dismantling hindutva actually what apart from his hate for mr modi and the bgp and hindus he has written two three books on the fact that hinduza is funded by Hindus abroad, particularly in the United States. And it's necessary to dismantle this network, this nexus. So I believe that Andy is very closely associated with Stanford University uh, and Princeton, which have published his book. So he's the brain behind this conference. Now, Mr. Jaffrelo is funded by the French government, actually. He uh, he belongs to an organization called CNRS, which means national center of research and scientific research which is funded by the french government so so the funny thing is that the french government pays mr jafferlo to enlighten the french people about india which is a very far away and very difficult country for french people to understand and what mr jafferlo does not only mr jafferlo but you know, Mr. Witzel and Mrs. Doniger in the United States, and you know, in Sweden, in Norway, in England, there are different Indologists who are hostile to India. So, what Mr. Jaffaro does is that he brings down India about, uh, by talking about Hindu fundamentalism, Hindu Taliban, of course, uh, Hindu Dva, caste. Uh, Mr. Modi, written, his latest book is about Mr. Modi being a danger to democracy in India, uh, and particularly he targets Hindus. No, the funny thing is that, as I said, the French government is sponsoring him, and I've been fighting Mr. Jaffalo for you know 25 years. But every time something happens, uh, elections in India, some catastrophe, Mr. Modi coming to power, Godra, newspapers and television call Mr. Jaffolo because it's a, you know it's like a, it's like a, a circle. You no, know, they they all feed each other. So it's very difficult for people like me who have been for you know twenty five thirty years trying to defend uh the Hindus, trying to defend India, trying to promote India as an economic destination for the West and for the French in particular to say that you know India is a democracy contrary to China, India is a place of tolerance, every persecuted minority has found place in India. Mr. Raffalo is there all the time, and he says the opposite now. I would like to quote another, another French in dollar. He's Indian, actually, but he lived in France. He speaks French uh, fluently. His name is Sanjay Subramaniam. Uh, he teaches uh, not only at the prestigious Collège de France, which is a very, you know, very up university in Paris, but he's also associated with many American universities like UCLA. Now, Mr. Sanjay Subramaniam has also been running down Mr. Modi, Hindu. I recently saw an article of him. Where you know he criticises Mr. Modi, the BGP and Hindus. The funny thing is that not only, of course, he's also funded by the French government. But he's the brother of the, of India's external minister, Mr. Jay Shankar. Nobody knows that, that one of the, you know, one of the bitter enemies of, uh, of Mr. Modi and the BGP and Hindus in France, was an Indian himself. So being an Indian, he gets uh, even more credit than Mr. Jaffaro. He's the brother of Mr. Jay Shankar, who's India's external minister. I mean, this is a, you know, this is an absolutely crazy thing. So. Recently, I met the new education minister in India, and I told him that there is an entire uh, nexus of hostile Indologists in European and American countries. So we need to, we need to bring up, you know, younger generation of Indologists, you know, bring them to India, give them some grounding in Sanskrit, you know, in, in, in spirituality. What is the puja? What is the temple? You know, who are the Hindus? What is the history of India? And then send them back to the West so that in time, you know, they supersede the Jaffalos and the Subramaniams. Oh, he's a forced education minister to whom I said that, from Smiti Rani to Mr. Jabadekar to the present one, Mr. Pokriano, Mr. Mr. Pradhan. He's the first person to have said, you know, the problem is that Western ideologists are feeding wrong information to the people because they are the one who had the newspapers, they're the one who are on the TV, they're the one who organize conferences like the dismantling of Hindutva. So you need to tackle this problem. Mr. Jaffrill. He's on the board of Ashoka University. I don't know. I told Mr. I told the previous uh, education minister that he was on the board of Ashoka University. I don't know if he, he was removed or not. I don't think he's been removed. He's on the board of Ashoka University. You know, every time he's invited to India, he goes to JNU, he writes an article in the Indian Express. The Indian government gives him visa. and know the Chinese would have long ago, long ago refused visa or kicked him out. But this man, Who's a brother? Who's a, who's a other uh, a colleague? the brother of the external affairs minister of India is invited in India. He gets visas to come to India. He slanders India. He slanders Hindus. I've been fighting him for twenty-five years, you know, but I'm helpless. I mean, I, I'm a one-man army. You know, what can I do? If the French government sponsors him, he comes to India. There's an office of the CNRS in in the French embassy in Delhi. The French embassy invites him. Oh, this guy is you know nobody can bypass him, and they've been within you know within the rank that people were wanted to who wanted to say something else about India, you know but he throttled them, you know he he, he brought them down, so he's a monopoly, he's a monopoly, and I mean for thirty five years in the CNRS, there have been indologists who have been hostile to India before Mr. Modi you know, uh, even when the Congress was in power. Well, talking about Hindu fanatism, to talking about, you know, the Taliban mindset of the RSS. And, and so we are helpless, you know, unless the Indian government, the power is with the Indian government, the power is Mr. Mo, with Mr. Modi. He only has the power to say, OK, let us do something about Indology, Western Indology. Since Max Muller, you know, Max Muller Max may have been a great guy, you know, but since Max Muller who believed that after all, Christianity was the uh, democratic and the civilized, civilized manner, you know, that, okay, Hindus may have good Sanskrit, but ultimately Max Muller remained a Christian, you know, or Macaulay before him, you know. So these people are the, you know, they're the forefathers of a hostile, subtle Western Indology, which, you know, studies Indian temples, Sanskrit, but in fact brings down India. You know? The problem with this Westerners is that they do not want to be identified with the subject they're studying so they're saying okay we will study sanskrit but how can you study sanskrit unless you know you go to temples you see what the puja is you meet the pandits uh, you know you cannot but these people want to separate it they say okay we study sanskrit but you know we, we don't want to associate it with hinduism hinduism is dirty sanskrit is separate this is going on from the British times, you know? it's a legacy of the British people, and that is today alive in France, in Sweden, in the United States, in England, everywhere. So, unless we tackle the evil of Western Indology, you know, we will never win, we will never win that war, and, and, you know, and the ball is in the Indian government side, they, they only can do it. And I must say, because I think my time is running out, I must say, and I have said it again and again and again, you know, that Hindus are 1.2 billion in the world, one of the most civilized, intelligent, educated, affluent community, you know, in the entire planet. But they're so disunited. This conference could not happen, you know, if Hindus in the United States would just tackle these people, you know. Just tackle these people, all these uh, Hindus who are participating in that, forget about the Muslims, forget about Jaffalo, but all these Hindus professors in American universities who are spitting on their country, spitting on their prime ministers, spitting on their people, you know, they should be tackled. I'm sorry, you know. I mean, we don't have to do like the Muslims, you know, and kill them or, you know, throttle them or, you know, bring down planes on them, you know, but some kind of physical confrontation is necessary. And let the Hindus come out of their comfort zone, you know. And this conference is also a comfort zone, you know. We are there online and, you know, but, but unless Hindus are willing to go down in the streets and confront physically these people who are spitting on this wonderful country, this wonderful civilization, this wonderful spirituality, you know, it'll go on. (laughs) The Jaffa and the Doniger and the Witzel of the world, you know, know that they can't say anything because the Hindus will never retaliate. They're safe. Uh, they will not say anything about the Muslim, about Mohammed, because they know that they'll be killed there and their family, other people. But Hindus, you know, it's a safe bet because the Hindus will never retaliate in any way, even in a, you know, peaceful, uh, you know, ahimsa kind of dharna, you know, where you sit in the front of these people's house, you know, and don't let them come out of their house because they are traitors. you know, They're traitors to their religion, to their people, to their nation, to their prime minister. So as a Frenchman, you know, a non-Hindu Catholic, uh, you know, uh, born, you know, I, I am offended by, it, you know, not only by the Jaffer Lord, but also how Hindus are letting themselves be a little slandered, you know, and, you know, it's a shame it's a shame really it's a shame so my my thing is that unless you tackle western indology which is at the root of this matter you know the, okay it is leftist you know it is supported by islamists but it's western indology these are indologists you know who are sponsored by the government to enlighten people about india these are real you know real snakes once i remember when i started fighting against the cnrs of the the you know the organization that sponsored mr jaffer you know i had a a great friend a yogi who told me a frenchman who told me oh you are very courageous because this is like a you know this is like a fortress and it is a fortress it is a fortress but you know a fortress can be brought down so this conference is no use unless we tackle these people physically Unless we go to unless the youth you know the the youth of the of India, the Hindus you know in the United States have the courage to come out of the comfort home you know of the universities and go and confront these people, go and confront them okay, now it is online, but these people can be found, their addresses can be found, their emails can be found. they have to be tackled, you know you can flood their emails, you know you can you know you can call them on their mobiles, you know there are so many ways that you can tackle these people that next time they will think twice. Before doing a conference like that, at the time when the Taliban came to power, to compare, you know, the RSS to the Taliban, you know, RSS are, you know, harmless. All these fadi fadis you know. I mean, when I came as a journalist, I thought, oh, RSS is very dangerous. And then I met them in Delhi and in Nagpur, and I saw these, uh, in that time, these old guys, you know, in their brown long shorts, you know, and white shirt, you know. And I thought, they just, <laughs> all that, what funny that is? No, they just harmless people so to compare at the time of the taliban takeover the arises and the hindus to taliban is a crime i'm sorry you know it is no laughing matter it's a crime you know and unless the hindus and the hindu youth in particular do something about it it's hopeless man it's hopeless you know i mean we can do a million conferences but it's hopeless and the shafalos and the Witzel and the doniger will go on because they know that they can say anything even if it is utter rubbish if it is criminally rubbish They can say, anything because Hindus just take it lying down, you know. They they just take
0: it lying down. Namaste. Thank you very much, sir. So nice of you. You said very well that uh, we, the Hindus, need to be active in terms of uh, countering their narrative, aggressive. Until unless we don't do that, uh, we won't be able to achieve much for sure. Uh, I'll move on to my very good friend, my another guru, uh, Sardar Ravi Ranjan Singh Ji. Uh, Sardar Ravi Ranjan Singh Ji is the chairman Jatka certification Authority. He a professional news anal- analyst, travelled India and abroad independently and delicate with Indian prime ministers. He is he is um, struggling hard, I must say. Uh, in terms of um, uh, his movement, Jhatka uh, Certification Authority. I welcome uh, Sardar Ravi Ranjan Singh Ji. Satshikal, please. Satsarikal
3: my subject is, as we had discussed before several times, that is halalonomics. Uh, all this, all what we are saying is, Every battle, be it the real battle or be it the court battle, Monika Ji and we were together in one case where a uh, mosque was being forcibly installed in the high court premises. And the argument was that once Himayu played here, and so they, it qualifies to be a mosque, and Hindus uh well when we uh, mentioned that it is was very uh, old civilization and Hindus were here there there is that is right within the fort of the Pandavas they said well Pandavas were all they were drunkards they used to drink this was the argument which uh, uh, took uh, place there so, okay when if we have to go back to the history we there are a number of cases we were together and one was against, uh, I think, uh, there was a forcible mo- mosque just outside the right foot. So that is our argument was that if we have to put back the clock, it cannot be for 157 years or 257 years. If we have to put back the clock, it has to put back to 10,000 years. Or we have to move forward. So we cannot say that we will go back but to this uh, such and such date. So this is what we have been and all these cases the lawyers the kind of fee they are getting i think monica ji can never imagine that the kind of support they are getting and this all comes from this is all economics that makes the world go round it is money makes the world go round and most of this funding is from halalonomics it is not mere halal, it is halalonomics. And, uh, and we are trying to counter it. First, uh, let's see it in two parts. When we say halal, most of us, we take it as a method of slaughtering. But it is not mere method of slaughtering. Yes, slaughtering can be a part of halal. Halal means permissible, legitimate. So even slaughtering can be legitimate or illegitimate and unfortunately this word halal that means legitimate it has been the islamic legitimacy has been accepted as universal legitimacy so what is legitimate in islam has been accepted as universally acceptable legitimate whereas that is far from the reality in islam there are so many things that are legitimate they marriage uh within the relations within blood relations halala and then there are uh, borderlines we can say it as a culture or it's islam that or the game tarisha, um,
0: and
3: then what do you say uh, farewell sex this all is uh, allowed or is not haram well there are different theories about halal and haram but unfortunately what is Islamic halal has been accepted as universal halal universally permissible that is where the problem is and we have been seeing it as a uh, shopkeeper halal shop that sells the meat Uh, one of my friends was saying that when I was young I used to think that Mr. Halal is some businessman who has got franchises all over the uh, city so moving one part is the meat part that is slaughtering animal must face makkah etc etc but that is halal halal is not uh, not merely halal it's halalonomics like i have the products uh, i'll like to show here these are all vegetable products you can see a vegetable mark here and then again there is a halal mark so how come this is halal a part of this economy The part of this purchase is going to halal and through halal it is going to different channels and it has been exposed by agencies worldwide, media worldwide that this is being used for terror and if not necessarily for uh, the active terror, it has been used for the active terror also but need not be uh, active terror, it is also used as passive terror. Say what uh, my friend just now funding. Now how these funds and this the few rupees uh, packet. There's a fund already gone to halal or jihad, whatever we say, by my purchase of this packet. And this comes to when we sum together the uh, figures. There are different figures. There some figures come. Uh, estimates are about 10 trillion USD economy. So that is three times bigger of, than our Indian economy. So we cannot accept uh, this kind of thing and we shouldn't hope that we can fight against a terror or against uh, Hindu phobia or against anything with this kind of money and uh, the buy, worldwide Muslim buying capacity is between five to 10%. So that means rest of this 10 trillion USD, it is I am financing that or you are financing that. And we are financing our own debt. What we say specifically in Hindi, that is and we are happy about it. That's one thing. So first, uh, then we came with the idea of to counter Halal. And we are uh, getting success inch by inch there are more Jetka shops now there is more Jetka. this is only the meat part and by when, when i promote jhatka i no way promote non vegetarianism this is only for people who are take already taking meat they should take as per what the our culture is what our civilization is what our people have been doing and for the six it is specifically banned not to have halal So that is the meat part of it. By no way I'm saying that you shift over from vegetarian to uh, a jhatkarian. But even being a vegetarian, you are a halalitarian. You are already consuming halal with these biscuits, with these chips, with these chocolates and with this chocolate pack. So this and this is what is leading to our fall fall of kabul Kabul, which is a fall of the civilizations fall of the planet has is somewhere related to our indiscriminating buying of the products which support terrorism so we have to be careful we don't have to pick a gun we i just have i don't have to pick a gun i have to drop a packet there are two packets available i have to choose that's all i have to do by doing so what we plan what our blueprint here it is uh, that is shift from halalonomics to human nomics this is humanomics. what we need that is, uh, that is uh full of compassion and that cares for everyone there is no discrimination. Uh, for economy, I don't have to see who is producing that. I have to see the product, not the producer. So that is what I have to get. Um, for me, it is not the religious certificate that is very important. For me, it is the quality that is important so when it comes to food and for everything and when halal is on every when i go to a lawyer somewhere there are halal certified lawyers who uh, are not in india but there are halal certified lawyers somewhere so i don't have to go for to a lawyer who is certified i have to go to a lawyer who is who can defend me or who can save me but people are going to halal lawyers and in india there are halal hospitals what that halal hospitals means this is halalonomics Someone coming from shakedown, having two hospitals at disposal, will definitely prefer a, a halal certified hospital. And what halal certified hospital is, the employees have to be Muslim as far as possible. It is not that uh, no, there will be no Muslim, but yes, definitely there's a game of preference and discrimination. So uh, that will tempt another hospital to get halalized get halal certificate and be in the competition so that way one after the other all the hospitals will be halalized and then once fine morning there will be a fatwa that these halal certified hospitals they will have only this uh, community as their employee and there can be discrimination even for the patients you there is a five days queue for this and ten days queue for this operation. If you are this, 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 this. If you are halal certified, if you are a Muslim, if you are this, you have a preference. So these are the things which we can foresee. We have to join the dots. We have to see the history. So that is we have to come out from halal and shift to humanomics. That is our focus uh, area, and seeing. In, halal, in two parts vegetarian parts that's the flagship but that's not the main battleship main battleship is the rest of the economy halal medicines halal uh, advocates halal doctors halal hospitals halal housing complex and blah, blah 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 all halals so that has to be ethical that has to be maryada that is one thing so what we are coming up with uh, counter-certification we are in the counter certification of JATKA and this is how this agency came into being before that we, we were a, uh, working as another agency but we came specifically for certifying JATKA products and then for others we have another uh, our parallel organizations which certify other products like uh, Mariada and all this that's another part but the crux of the matter is that unless we take care of halalonomics we cannot take care of jihad this is mother of all jihads because it is economy that is making us and unfortunately while we are like uh, we have doctors we have engineers just now in the panel i was saying that this green jihad and red jihad combo that is killing us and this western world they they feel they are very powerful omnipotent but the matter of the fact is this g7 ignored there's a organization called c9 that is nine combination of nine universities of china and now they have of course that is c15 or something like and they have got their people installed in each and every university of us in canada they are in every research lab, so uh, China is already their immigration jihad, migration jihad, refugee jihad, or rather to say, say rape jihad. So all these people who come, they are in a partic- they are men of a particular age bracket, and they run away from their country as if they are going. To to be targets and their women and children are going to be safe and old people are going to be safe so they come here leaving behind their women to target other women okay so this is refugee jihad and how this refugee jihad and love jihad and all these jihads all these jihads are it's like i and say uh, tahir we have a field uh, we have a kit that, that then there's a fence between that this is Tahirji's field, this is my agriculture field, so there's a fence, so this is A jihad and this is B jihad but underneath the same water that is flowing in his field and in my field and it's the same air, so it's all jihads are one jihad, yes, there are there are fences between the jihad and there are specialized forces for jihad and now this green jihad, how? it has taken america from inside it is not that they surrendered that the the afghan soldiers surrendered they never surrendered in fact they were never different so it was one taliban in uniform and other uh in salwar kameez there were two talibans and we were we assumed that they are different but they were never different they never surrendered they were always one so this is we have to understand just now in a panel I was saying it's like someone goes to a uh, jungle and he sees a pack of wolves some of them are white some of them are wicks and some of them are say black wolves and we start identifying okay black wolves I can tame and I can make them fight against the white no they are one so this kind of this Taliban good Taliban bad Taliban is against Taliban yes all fight among themselves, they kill each other. But at the same time, when they have to go for their shikar, for hunting, for them, you are a target, it makes no difference. And they are all together. We have learned as a human, we have learned so much. Uh, We have laws, law books, uh, we have science, poetry, literature. Wolf knows nothing but knows how to hunt. So we don't have to, our uh, being educated, Are being this is not going to help because wolf knows nothing. So we have to be ready not to be hunted. That is very important and economics is a tool which is hunting us. Yes, bombing, uh, uh uh intellectual bombing this all is because of the money they have got at their uh, disposal and it is we, we who are paying for it and and i'll also like uh, uh, to share the joy that jetka is getting success day by day and on 16th of this month, uh, few couple couple of days from now, uh, World Jetka Day is being celebrated. So that is what how the things are coming up. Jetka was always there. But now it is resurfacing. So that is very important. So same way, I have to be conscious everywhere that I don't have to buy a product which is a death warrant for me by buying a product that is a death warrant for me i should buy that and that is as simple i have a option of choice i have an option i can choose a i can choose b and for that one stage is i simply pick and don't speak why i'm not even to my uh, shopkeeper whom i'm buying from because I want I don't want to spoil my secular image. So, okay, but I can still I can drop. Second is I can protest and drop. And third is I can protest loudly what we have been doing. And because of this, a Government of India organization that was a, a one point, uh, what is say, single point window for meat export of for all agriculture export they had a circular illegal in some way against the spirit letter in the spirit of the constitution that only halal meat can be ex- exported so that was something that was killing the non-halal meat economy we got it removed there was a lot of effort so it is not that we we are against someone we are not saying that okay there should be no halal export if the country like say uh, iraq demands so this is between buyer and seller. But why should a government institution force that you can only export halal, whereas our much of our export was for countries like Vietnam. They had nothing to, they never asked for a, uh, halal certificate. But it was the government of India's institutions which are forcing us. So we have done away with that. That is one success. And then the municipalities in Delhi, they have already come with the law that is every restaurant has to display what kind of meat they are serving it was not there previously so at least people will come to know so they, and the third is again we have to join the dots the green jihad the red jihad has been taking over the America or green jihad has always been trying to take over the superpowers whatever superpowers they were there and this time as you know Goraji, Pakistan is a country which is owned by its military they they literally own it it is run by military There's no and when it comes to china china is governed by its communist party that's and when it comes to western world say us or canada or something it is being governed by their corporates and now green jihadis have targeted the corporates they are already they have already targeted it. And they are already inside they have taken it from inside. And top corporates, their daughters are under love jihad. And it's not that easy to get a uh, to seduce a girl from that background. It there is a proper planning program planning and there's an institutional backing say a girl from a very prominent corporate was fond of horse riding so uh, accidentally some olympian horse rider meets her you cannot influence a girl of one of the richest people the daughter of a richest man or some, one of the richest man with your money you cannot influence you cannot influence with anything else but it is where she well, the weak point was attacked that she was fond of horse riding so the this is how the green jihad is taking over us from inside they are already on this they are already on the driving wheel driving seats so that is what it is and to dismantle all this what they said it's uh, what the problem with these jihads is green jihad and red jihadas where, uh, strictly speaking when it comes to color therapy green and red they are opposite and in a certain proportion when they are mixed they become orange that's uh, so they are opposing each other but at the same time, they are targeting together. And this jihad and economics is their only binding. No other binding they have between. They're opposite in each and every way. So they are taking our civilizations from inside. And that is not we have got Islamophobia. It is red jihad and green jihad. They have got a truthophobia. They are scared of truth they 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 are scared to accept that earth is not flat simply one who does not accept earth is not flat there is no point of arguing any scientific uh theory with that so that is uh to i mean some of the things one is it is we have to take over uh from halalonomics and shift to humanenomics, that is our first priority. And for this, we don't have to wage a war, a proper war with the, where the better tanks move. We just have to be careful and have, and just, I don't have to drop a bomb. I, I have to drop a packet.
0: That's, that's the end. Uh, thank you very much. Uh, you said everything what we needed to hear and the halal economy is obviously their source of uh, funding and halala is their source of uh, layer. So moving uh, further um, with our next panelist, um, Binay Kumar Singh Ji, who's an author, researcher, columnist, and a regular TV panelist with realistic perspectives on national security, internal security, and policy issues. He has extensively researched on Maoist missionary alliance, illegal cattle trade terror nexus, coal mafia cartel, uh, chit fund, and Ponzi schemes. I welcome uh, Binay Kumar Singh. I was wondering that uh, what the problem someone have
4: that they want to dismantle Hindutva. So uh, the answer, what I found was very simple, that uh, if you, you uh, suppose that is the time of pandemic, the Islamic terrorism, the radical Islamic they are on the rise. And at the time of pandemic, someone wants to choke the supply of oxygen. So at the time of this problem, someone wants to choke the solution process. And Hindutva, it is not any ism. We, we, we are a solution to this, this problem. We are a healer to the wounded globe. So that's, uh, someone wants to choke that process. So so I think that's the answer to that. And uh, uh, again, my book uh, name is Bleeding India for Aggressors, Thousand Cards," and it has got a chapter on the finances of this this, this network. So I have gone through a few case studies. uh, So many, uh, the terrorist attack in Sri Lanka, uh, some of the instances uh, like Bhima uh, Koregaon what happened there so what i found that there was a nexus and that was a quadriga and what that quadriga was that uh, the first element of that quadriga was the radical islamist in alliance with the, the second part was uh, 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 communist and uh, uh, the the third part was the christian missionaries and the fourth portion which which provided cover fire to this troika was a gang or you can say a band of uh, activists, uh, uh, lawyers, uh, intellectuals, uh, people from cultural fields, uh, people, uh, legal professionals, and all this combined, they provide cover fire to this troika. Why this troika was formed? Because there was a CMI, the CMI means a common minimum Intention and that was followed by a, a CMP, the common minimum program. So this Troika has the common minimum program of bleeding India, of destructing India, of breaking India. And this fourth, they, they provide cover fire, they provide narrative to this Troika. And you know they, they function on a little Jo format. The little Jo means little jo is a cardinal number, which means four, it is a three plus one number. So the first three, they, they work on a CMP and the, the uh, fourth, they provide logistical and cover fire and they provide a narrative to that. I start with the example. I will focus more on the finances. So how this quadriga is financed. So let us take a case of uh, the, one of the most famous case from Kerala, the Akila Asokan case she married one Muslim guy, Safin Jahan. So this Akhila Sokan and Safin Jahan, the case was very clear, they both were not minor. So if they want to marry, a Hindu girl wants to marry a Muslim guy, nobody can, no law can stop them and ultimately that what happened, the Supreme Court uh, favoured, uh, in the Supreme Court judgment they went into the favour of this marriage. But the most important point that both this akhila Asokan and Safin they were from a very humble background. They were not very economically sound. And for the legal fee, one crore rupees was paid. So this was a matter of surprise, that these guys, they are from such a humble background and who are the people, those who are paying one crore as their legal fee? And what is the outcome of that? So two questions are there. From where this one crore is coming? so the answer to that that pfi popular front of india the most famous these days they funded these legal fees they funded these one crore rupees and what was the output the output was also very simple that they celebrated this as a victory and they celebrated the akhila asokan as a symbol of victory and and they celebrated it everywhere that look we have won this case as, as a religion, as a uh, you, you say that it is love, jihad, but we have won this case. So, that celebration, you know, that is used by them later on in, in, on, in different uh, things. And again, why this nexus is formed? Because radical Islamists and communists, on the first hand, they are opposed to each other. How, what is that common element binding them? So I will refer to the founding fathers of the Communist Party of India, Comrade Maulana Hasrat Mohani Shah. He gave a formula for this alliance. He said that Islam and communism both are same. If you add God, Allah to communism, it becomes Islam. And if you minus Allah, it uh, becomes communism. So this was a formula. So you can be a radical Islamist at one time and just by in a fraction of a second, you can be a communist on the other second. So this was a formula by comrade Maulana Hassan Mohani that you can shift from a radical Islamist uh, you know, platform to a, a communist platform in a matter of seconds. <clears throat> uh, Ravi Rangan sir was talking about uh, 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 this Halal Jihad. One Jihad which you must have seen just two days before, a priest from Kerala, his name is Man Mar Joseph, He's a bishop from Palai, he talked about Love Jihad and Narcotics Jihad. In India, Narcotics Jihad was used in any news article for the first time. But let us go back. In 2017, EFSAS, European Foundation from South Asia Studies, in November 2017, they came up with a, a, a report on narco jihad, and that what this narco jihad was. So that report mentions one uh, um, interview by uh, Pakistani journalist named Ahmad Rasid, he interviewed a Pakistani official. So what the Pakistani official said on this Narco Jihad, that opium is permissible because it is consumed by the cafes, not by the Afghanis and not by the Muslims. And uh, the reports again mention that warlords, insurgents, drug traffickers, and corrupt officials saw an opportunity of abusing the vulnerability of the state, which resulted from ongoing violent conflicts and extreme autocracy, and were capable of establishing dominion and monopoly over key territories, inland and particularly its peripheries. That report again mentions that now on this date, afghanistan amounts to 90 percent of the heroin and opium production of the world and again this is just not about economy the the output the economic output of this opium trade is fueling is funding terrorist organizations and again you know that is a, a religious motive is behind that which which is called as narco jihad but in India, I was surprised that for the first time, two days back, the uh, uh, a Christian priest he, he just uh, mentioned this narco-jihad uh, thing. Let us talk about this Bhima Koregaon uh, story. So ultimately, what came out? Ultimately, what uh, it looked like? That it was a class conflict. Uh, uh, Dalits those who want to celebrate their victory over the Peswas and they went into conflict with the Brahmins. But when the Pune police and later on NIA started investigating into the matter, what came out? There was a plan to assassinate, there was a plan to kill the Prime Minister of India. And again, it's a very interesting case about this functioning, that it was not a uh, uh, a project of a single-handed person or, or a particular organization. The Christian missionaries were involved, the Maoists were involved, the, the radical Islamists were involved. I am giving you an example. Rona Wilson, the main conspirator of, uh, behind the plot to assassinate the prime minister, his name popped up into the Bhima Kodega investigation, he was planning and he was lobbying to revoke the ban on PFI in Jharkhand. So see, uh, 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 Rona Wilson, a Christian, he was planning, he was lobbying to get a ban revoked on a radical Islamist organization called PFI. Again, the second name, name was uh, Jesus Priest who, uh, the most uh, privileged prisoner, um, Stan Swami, who died in a ch- prison of his choice so his name was also there and uh, he was a christian missionary and what he really did he was a member of the cpi maoist and he was responsible for the international relations for uh, uh, underground uh, cadres for, for for building underground cadres so when you see this case you will find a web The missionaries involved, the the radical Islamists involved, the CPI Maoists involved, and again a backup team, a legal team, a a, a cultural team, a human rights organizations team, a a team which which, um, uh, declares themselves or who who, uh, portrays themselves as the most intellectual. Let us focus on the financing part. How these 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 things are funded? So let us discuss the BCCI story. I have mentioned that in my book also. BCCI, it was a bank founded by a Pakistani called Aga Hassan Abidi. So there is an American movie, uh, the Hollywood movie called Operation Sea Chase, that is based on that uh, BCCI, on the collapse of that BCCI. The BCCI, that got permission in 1977 to open a representative office in Mumbai and in 1979 they had a full free branch and surprisingly Chaudhry Charan Singh the minority government based on some intels, they cancelled the license of that bank and again to the surprise in 1983 this bank got the consent and it finally collapsed worldwide in 1991. What this bank did and how it got permission? The American DEA, the Canadian Royal Mounted Police, the Indian agencies, they were all opposed to giving license to this bank. And who was the Reserve Bank Governor? Sadarman Mohan Singh Ji, the great Sadharman Mohan Singh Ji. He gave license to a bank regarding which there was an intel that it is a drug money bank, it is a terrorist bank. And despite that, they got the license. And finally, what they did in India, this Aga Hasan Abidi, he travelled across the country. He funded the Khalistani movement. He he funded the insurgents in the Northeast. He funded the Maoist activities. And again, he established the heroin and the high-end drugs cartel network in India. This is what the BCCI did before collapsing and the permission was given by the Mr. Clean Sardarman Mohan Singh. The kind of penetration these organizations are having in our political system, in our bureaucratic system, that despite having intel from the DEA, from the worldwide, from many countries and your agencies, nobody can stop them from getting the license. Again, the second BCCI nowadays is a Himalayan bank. It is a bank operating in Nepal. And it is uh, it has collaborated with one bank of Pakistan called Habib Bank. And it is exactly doing the same thing what BCCI did. You go to the eastern borders of this country and all the mess, all the terrorist activities, all the radical activities, that is being funded by this Himalayan bank. So, there is not one, you know, way of funding these activities like we came up with FCRA 2020. There was a problem to them. There was a lot of hue and cry about that FCRA 2020. But you will be surprised that again the fund flow, the flow of foreign funds is no less. It is same as before. Because they have come up with they have come up with new modes of rendi. They have come up with something called pocket funding. So we need to, you know, we are supposed to be a soft kind of democracy. And these problems are not exclusive with India. Many countries they are facing the same problems like uh, us. Let us take an example of uh, Russia. In 2012, Russia was having a law called Russian foreign agent law. Russia found that it is not sufficient. So in 2015 they came up with a law, it is like our FCRA, that undesirable organizations law 2015. And you will be again surprised that the organizations, those who were uh, those who got problems because of this law were the same organizations, those who are creating mess in India, the Oxfam. The Amnesty, the Carnegie, the Open Society Foundation of George Soros, Hungary, they banned George Soros, China, what we are facing today, China has faced three decades back. In 1987, China persecuted the hand four persons related to George Soros.
0: (laughs) (laughs) We have taken your all important points. and. definitely we'll be having all those research papers and books now through our hindu ecosystem uh, all over all over and that's the purpose of the ecosystem now i'll move to uh khaled umarji khaled umarji and i both uh, share the uh, probably the same birthplace uh, once prime minister former prime minister of canada Mr. Stephen Harper, I was interviewing him, asked me, I, I would, how would you like to define yourself? I said that I'm a Canadian Punjabi of Hindu heritage, born in political Pakistan and born in political Islamic family. Maybe the same case with Khalid Umarji. Khalid Umarji, please join us. Your uh, many articles are very famous in our uh, uh, Hindu community. Especially the one, what is wrong in India becoming a Hindu Rashtra? So please shed your light uh, on this uh, global financing network of Islamists and jihad jihadis jihadis and communists. Please,
5: I believe the question remains that why uh, why it is happening. So I would like to understand why global communist left supports the radical Islamic jihad, and why India is particularly a target. So uh, quickly, uh, I would say that first we need to find out the inherent uh, intellectual similarities between these two ideologies. So I would say that both are fascist. So the irony is that uh, calling somebody fascist uh, now is a slur, but Marxist becomes a fashion statement of uh, humanity and justice. Whereas we conveniently uh, forget, that uh, Marxists have killed even more humans uh, than the fascists did. So we need to identify the elephant of fascism in Islam and Marxism. So for just a background, fascism is the name which Mussolini chose for his uh, political ideology after the First World War. But both Marxism and fascism have basically socialist tendencies. Believing in the state control. The only difference being that the communism is based upon class and fascists use nationalism. There's, There's hardly any other difference. Mussolini grew up as a socialist and he maintained his belief in the efficacy of socialism until the end of his life. He undoubtedly considered that fascism is just a variant of socialism that was nationalistic. So, we see that the states like Soviet Union, China and the North Korea use Marxist philosophy to create dictatorships the way Germany did with fascism, and Islam do the same through uh, Sharia law. So if we look deeply, we find that fascism and totalitarianism are really the ideologies of the left and Islam. Both Islam and Marxism support authoritarian rule as a prerequisite for social justice. Marx, uh, Utopian classless uh, society required the dictatorship of the uh, proletariat and all the modern Islamic thinkers, uh, they believe that democracy is against the basic uh, ideology of Islam and Allah is the sovereign and not the will of the people. So Islam, to me, has an inherent love affair with Nazism. Uh, Nazi slogan Iron Falk, uh, Iron Hawk, and Iron Fuhrer, which is one nation, one empire, one leader, is nothing but Laila or la, la, Muhammad Rasulullah. If Fuhrer if is replaced by Muhammad, it is it, the same. So the Prophet of Islam was political, religious, and a military leader, all into one. And that's the reason basically that why Islam will always remain the source of militancy and terrorism in the world. The modern thinkers of Islam regard Islam, not as a religion, but as an ideology of power that unites heaven and earth into one entity ruled by Islamic thought and ideals. So Islamic thought is compatible with fascism and communism as all these models are based upon the superiority of the leader and the denigration of the freedom of thinking so i would say that the fuel which runs the engine of islam as well as the marxism and nazism is hatred so the object of hatreds change in nazism it's a race in communism it's a class and in islam it is the infidels so Therefore, we, need, we, we, we reach the conclusion that the lib- left liberals and Islam are natural bad partners. Both are ideologies of the extreme. Both vouch for power. Both want a state to govern. Both want control on freedom of thinking. Both dictate censorship. Freedom of speech uh, is the first casualty you know, any, in any dictatorship. So India, due to its culture and religious traditions going back thousands of years, edu- and due to its education, is a target. <clears throat> we need to look at uh, the, the demography of the world and of India. And this will actually show us why the liberal left Marxism supports the Islamic Jihad. With, with, with 204 million Muslims in India, muslim population in india is the world third largest and the world largest muslim minority population well india is uh, home to about 11 percent of the world muslim population and which will be <clears> 15.5 percent <throat> by by 2050 as per the estimates so the indians if we look at the indian subcontinent we we are uh, muslims are 500 million which is around 30% of the world's total Muslims. This is something which is a staggering figure. So the liberal left wants to destroy Hindutva and the educational institutions and USA are having a conference today on dismantling global Hindutva. So you understand the reasons. Both the left and Islam, they ultimately want to control the world through their super state which is now i would say through corporations it's not about china or usa or soviet union anymore it's the world which is ruled by big corporations and the regime change doesn't need tanks and bombs now all you need is a you know democratically you can do the uh, regime change through your smartphone in, in through your palms so i would like to uh you know re- to remind you of the President Eisenhower's uh, farewell speech on uh, January 17th, 61, where he gave the US and the world, I would say a a dire warning, what he described as a threat to, to democratic government. He called it the military industrial complex, MIC. So in 60 years now, after that, we see that reality is really biting us hard with mic having additional partners in the shape of now big tech big pharma and big finance they want to control what we hear what we listen the way we vote and that is a bloodless and uh, coolest you know control of power so free speech and dharmic uh, dharmic teachings can stand against the tyranny of this which i believe of this uh, MIC and big tech, big pharma, big banks and information, it giants. So now the, when, when the radio and TV was born, that altered the information age, but they were controlled and they had a regulatory checks and balances. Then came the internet and it transformed the public scare. In fact, if ever there was a public scare, now it is all virtual. Today, we are sharing uh, our minds and, you know, sitting thousands of miles and several uh, time zones apart that has given the big tech, the space and the power to control humanity, the way we think the way we act, this is now they have got the opportunity to create an Orwellian world. Today, our communication platforms are just controlled by four big tech companies. Twitter, Facebook, Google, and Amazon. And they have the power to collectively ban citizens whenever they want in the world. Even, even the sitting president of the USA can be banned. So I believe that the Hindu Dharma has the cultural and the intellectual power and history behind it to stand against this today. India is a very big country, it's a continent. So Hinduism. If, if we go by the traditions and the, and the teachings, Hinduism stands for absolutely free speech. There's never been a culture of book burning in India. Openness to ideas is expressed in the Vedas. So, Hinduism is, an, is, 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 a, is a polytheistic religion, it is not a doctrine based religion. It allows all kinds of beliefs. And that is what the liberal uh, left is worried about, in my opinion. India is home to the 94% of the global Hindu population. And the Muslims are spread all around the world. So they become their, the communist think that they, it would be their partners in gaining control and subverting democracy and free speech. So which are the two guardians of human uh, liberty, I would say. So the liberal left think that they would be able to deal with the Muslim once they're able to break the last barrier to their world control, which I think is India. Muslims know that they will kill infidels and leftists alike when you know when they win. So they're both doing kind of a takiya at the moment. And uh, um, the the leftists in the academia, which are a, which are a sold commodity, they have a naive view that all the religions are the same. This is what they are being taught, which is not obviously. How can you create Jains and Muslims? So that is uh, uh, in in brief my understanding that why Islam and the liberal Left nexus actually exists and operates.
0: Thank you very much, uh, Khalil Umarji. You are always very refreshing, and your thoughts are eye openers for all of us. Uh, thank you very much. And in the end, for, for our panel today, I welcome Jerome Antoji as a great, great uh, um, scholar. Uh, he's a practicing Christian, born and raised in a Ice Roman Catholic family. He's a political, religious observer, and an anti-conversion activist who's unapologetic about his nationalist leanings. Welcome, uh, Jeremy, please, floor is yours.
6: Thank you very much, uh, Kapil Mishraji, Hindu Ecosystem and Sangam Talks to have organized this event. It's an honor to be part of this elite panel of members. Although a lot of content has already been covered by the esteemed speakers, me being the last speaker, I have little space, but I will try and do justice by sharing my thoughts on the topic, Global Funding Network of the Abrahamics and Leftists. I say Abrahamics because the conflict in India seems to be between a set of combined global arch rivals, the Christians and the Muslims, against the Hindus, ably supported by the leftists. Before I speak on this topic, what needs to be realized is that this anti-Hindu event, which is being co-sponsored by 50 plus universities, has in the poster depicted an RSS member being uprooted with a claw hammer. This actually is highly symbolic on two aspects one who is protecting this hindu nation and the second who is really interested in uprooting these forces there's a lot of messaging that has happened in that poster so let us get into a brief history of these three forces which seems to have ganged up against the hindus the combined abrahamics i mean both christians and muslims and the communists a perfect concussion to the method to this madness for the benefit of this conversation let me give a brief about all the three forces the abrahamics both these are exclusive religions roughly dating 2000 years ago Both have had a violent past, don't see eye to eye and have fought numerous bloody wars for the simple reason of proving who is better than who. For example, the Christians, the Crusades of the church was an open war against the Muslims. It was a vigorous campaign for political, religious and economic supremacy popularly known as the Holy War. It's a pure contradiction to the concept of religion itself. Both the fundamentalist and uh, are engaged in hate speech. Other theology that tends to be ultra conservative, fundamentalistic and highly intolerant. These two religions have always viewed each other suspiciously and uh, put the fear of hell on each other for not believing India framework of religion. So that was a brief about Christians and Muslims. Now let's talk about communism. Let me start by a popular quote of uh, Karl Marx, who is the father of communism. He had said that religion is the opium of the people. Communism heads and alienates religion from its philosophy. Let me give an account of mass murders in Russia itself during the communist regime. Approximately uh, 15 million Christians were killed between 1920 and 1950. And I also understand uh, through history close to 5 million Christians vanished In those 30 years, the Soviet Union also has targeted the Muslims and the Buddhist monks. As a state, communism clearly distanced itself from religion. Given the background of these three distinctly different ideologies, what is strange in the Indian context is that these three forces have metamorphosed and come together targeting Hindus. Different equations in different geographical areas. It appears that when it comes to India and the Hindus, they forget their distinct differences and are married to each other. As far as the church is concerned, it appears that they do not have a fixed ideology, but can mutate as per the circumstances. Its permanent goal is political power, God, centered religion. The lessons uh, that needs to be learned are that all three are equally dangerous. Now to connect the dots, we are a billion plus people and the only civilization that has stood its test of time. Numerous invasions, our wealth plundered, and we still have stood steadfast. This, I feel, is the biggest threat to the global forces. Perhaps the only binding factor is the diverse nature of Hinduism. The only way to break this unity and dismantle the civilization is to attack the forces that keep this nation united. It has been time and again echoed in several Western media and of course Pakistan The greatest threat to India is the RSS. Strangely, these nations are talking about a threat, not to them, but on us. A nation where they don't reside. I was really amused when the RSS is being compared to notorious militant organizations which have actually indulged in large-scale violence and genocide. Now let's talk a little about the need for these forces to combine and organize an event which normally should not concern them our take should be that they are unable to digest the fact that with all these diversities india still has almost remained united this seems to be a greater awareness and a hindu consciousness a lot of false teachings which were there in our history books have been rubbished after this generation managed to discover the truth. This is what these anti-Hindu forces are unable to digest. India used to be a below poverty lying nation a hundred years back and today has become an economic and military contender. They are unable to digest the fact. They are unable to get uh, a race of people who have challenged their false teachings. So among the repeated uh, attempts to destabilize the nation, this is another such ploy to break India. While these forces have spread far and wide, my calculation is that Pakistan, which lost miserably in the 1970s war, hatched a ploy to destroy india by its military doctrine bleed india by a thousand cuts in fact i remember zulfika ali butto who is the former prime minister of pakistan had declared a thousand year war against india so there is nothing wrong in connecting the dots that all these forces seem to sing the same song when it comes to india who knows it could be orchestrated by pakistan As far as fundings are concerned, there are several forces working in tandem to execute the hate India policy. For the Abrahamic religions, it's it's a, a pious responsibility to facilitate propagation of their faith. Funding is part of their religious obligation. Many a times those who donate don't even know where their contribution is finally used. The Christian missionaries today are heavily funded by the West. Most of these funds come through several so-called peaceful channels. These funds are used to brainwash the gullywood. One of our esteemed speakers spoke the involvement of the church and the missionaries to create unrest among the tribes. Obviously, these activities are funded by the evangelicals wanting a share of the Indian pie. On the other hand, the jihadi movement itself is manifesting in several forms. One of our esteemed speakers spoke about the halal enterprise. Did we ever uh, realize that right under our feet, the carpet has been removed? Almost everyone in this country who consumes meat innocently demands or are forced to consume halal meat. So, what does it mean? Halal is nothing but monopolizing goods and services. It's a, it's a strong notion that halal is limited only to meat. I would recommend everyone to check out the halal portal halalindia.co.in. It covers restaurants, tourism, medical tourism, makeup brand, hospitals, and whatnot. So do we even know that, what all these means and where does a certain part of the fund go into? Today, an average Indian also contributes to the halal industry without even knowing that they are funding their own destruction. On the whole, this global event has actually posed a lot of questions to the Hindu community at large. Let us understand that Hinduism and Hindutva go hand-in-hand and are inseparable. In the present context, one cannot survive without the other. So I would say it's a blessing in disguise for our nation to wake up from its deep slumber to recognize the clear, present and future danger posed by these forces. Thank you.
1: Uh, Tahir there was one more thing which I forgot to mention, was the uh, recent genocide which happened in Bengal. If you see this phenomena here, after elections uh, when little genocide was happening from one house to the other in almost all the districts of Bengal and that time the communists, academicians, journalists, everybody was quiet they were muted in fact people who are of their own ideology like all news and others there were certain fake videos put in the bengal videos and stated that nothing of that sort happened so during those times i think we interviewed more than 200 such victims of violence gave their full complaints entire complaints to the human rights commission and may I just announce from here that, uh, in almost all the cases now, FIRs have been lodged. CBI has all the cases, and those people are not being intimidated today because the FIRs were lodged by none other than Human Rights, the instance of Human Rights Commission. So what I state is that, be it educational institutions or be it courts, be it after elections, wherever we have this, uh, Demography, where a certain percentage is more of certain groups, there we face such problems. But what we can do is whatever is in our domain, we must do it. Governments will do what they have to do. The groups will do what they have to do. But we as people must do our bit in this, I'll say, civilizational war. It is basically war upon a civilization who believes in Sarve Bhavantu Sukhina? Ki sabka bhala ho gaya. It ki ekam sat vipra The truth is one, God is one, but there are so many paths leading to God. It's a it's a war against the civilization. We all have this bounding duty to protect that civilization. So, whatever we can do, we must do our bit. It starts from our house. At least tell your own children. I don't think we should have TVs in our house in the evenings when we have dinner. Sit with the children tell your own children what's happening around what's happening in bengal what's happening in kerala what's happening in jammu and Kashmir? what was this dismantling global hindu conference what was this dismantling jihad conference let's start from our houses i think the lanes and my lanes will take care of themselves thank you
5: to a few minutes uh, i would say that um, <clears throat> the we generally um, the the allegation on on the bgp government is that They are pursuing a path of Hindu fundamentalist, Hindu fundamentalism. So, um, like on 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 the basis on the on the the way you know the the Islamic fundamentalism is. So the question is that what is fundamentalism and does it really exist in Hinduism? So for. For me, uh, um, the, for fundamentalism to exist in any religion, it must have some common characteristics and common ideology. So take, for example, the uh, the Christianity. You can't be a Christian unless you believe in Trinity and Holy Spirit, and um, similarly, you can't be a Muslim unless you believe that Allah is the only God and Muhammad is his last messenger. So on the other hand, Hinduism has no single founder. It has set of widely accepted uh, doctrines. It has no physicali- physically defining characteristics, as, such as race or ethnicity. So it has thousands of different identities. It has no common ideology as Islam and, and Christianity has. So that's why I would say that, that uh, Hinduism is not capable to become a fundamentalist uh, religion as such, they, because there are no fundamentals here. So it is possible that some some people, some adherents of the faith can be more assertive of, of their identity, be that militant and violent. But Hinduism is not capable of becoming extremism beyond a certain point as Christianity, Islam has done, and they can be. So we right. need to understand the concept of monotheism is fundamental and extremist in its nature, and that ends up in Trini and totalitarianism. For Islam, all the others are subject of hate as being kafirs and idol worshippers, infidels, etc. On the other hand, um, you know the Rigveda says the truth is one. Sages call it by you know different na- various names. That is the define- defining ethos of Hinduism, and we should be, you know, we should be proud of it. That Hinduism yes. does not have any element of fascism or extremism or fundamentalism in it inherent
4: correct I just just got to know from Kapil suite that it is 25 versus 50,000 and they claim that they, they they got representation from 40 universities and not a single representative from each universities because if one person is from every university would have participated there would have at least 40 of them so so it was great and great meeting you all and one more thing the last thing which I would like to add, that uh, look, Hinduism, it is not ism. We are not uh, something uh, you know that it is it is written and it is the last word. We are an experiment. We are an ongoing experiment. We are not like a pond, we are like a river. So you cannot claim that the river at point of time, it is same as a thousand years back so, like years back, the river, it, it is fresh in each and every second. So, we, we the Hindu thought process is an ongoing uh, flow like a river and it is always new, it is experimenting. And again, the last thing which I would like to add, that this radical rise in, in Afghanistan, it has posed a great threat to the humanity and Hinduism and Hinduness is an answer to that.
0: Right. Very well said. We are always in an evolving uh, state. On behalf of all panelists, I would like to be very, very uh, grateful to Hindu uh, ecosystem hosting such a wonderful conference. And also very grateful to Sangam Talks. And the final words from our uh, brother, Shri Kapil Mishraji. Welcome, uh, Kapim Mishraji, for hosting such a successful conference. You proved in a very short notice that the people who were doing dismantling global Hindutva for so long could not even get more than two dozen people. And in just a couple of few days, um, within a couple of days, you brought thousand and thousand people. Welcome, sir, and we really salute you. Thank you, Sahid
7: Gauraji and they got dismantled totally today when this event is happening dismantling islamic and communist jihad at this moment only on twitter we already have 75000 total viewers and they who were trying to talk about dismantling hindutva total viewers they have 25 25 they were claiming support from 45 universities and they have 25 viewers that is the power of our unity and i am not including viewers on our youtube platforms facebook platforms we have jaipur dialogues hosting it we have Sangam talk posting it last five six hours since this discussion has started more than five lakh people online have joined us on various platforms, 70,000 tweets, hashtag dismantling jihad. And yes, we had to do it, we were forced to do it because today it's 9 11 and they want to talk about Hindutva, they want to divert the attention from real issues. They want to divert the attention from real threat to humanity. And yes, all the panelists, all the eminent speakers who joined us today, all were very clear that it is not only jihadis, Islamists who are a threat, but the bigger threat is these so-called liberals and Marxists and communists who are actually trying to provide the cover up, the mask. People who were organizing, organizing, dismantling Hindutva event, they they were not jihadis. They are mask cover-up for jihadis. So I would like to thank everyone for joining on such a short notice. I would like to thank all the audiences all across the globe, people from Japan, Australia, who are staying back till late in the evening and people from USA and Canada. Who got up early today to join this event? So, people from all across the globe from Singapore, from Thailand, from UK, from Middle East, and all of us Bharat, who are interact, our conversation with you. Our logo, our logo, our logo, our logo, our logo, the kind of ecosystem that they had. We not only need to destroy their ecosystem, every ecosystem, but also we need to build up our own ecosystem for humanity, for truth, for logic, to convey the right history that Monica Roraji was talking about. We need to build that ecosystem, and this is just a beginning for that. तो सभी लोगों का जो इस इवेंट से जुड़े हुए हैं, उन सब का बहुत-बहुत आभार और स्पेशल थैंक जयपुर डायलॉग्स का और वेरी वेरी स्पेशल थैंक संगम टॉक्स का, राहुल दीवान जी का, तानिया जी का, प्रग्या जी का, परना जी का, संजय जी का, उनके बेटे का, उनका बहुत-बहुत आभार जिन्होंने अरेंजमेंट ये लाइव uh, करना सब स्पीकर्स के साथ कोऑर्डिनेट करना लास्ट मोमेंट तक अभी तक पूरी टीम जगी हुई है लगी हुई है उन सब का बहुत-बहुत आभार और आप सभी स्पीकर्स का मुझे मालूम है आप में से किसी के पास भी टाइम नहीं है यू ऑल आर बिजी प्रोफेशनल्स वर्किंग फॉर द राइटिंग द राइट फंडिंग के बारे में जिहाद की जो आपने बताया बिन्ने जी आपकी बुक जो एक्सपोज करती है शायद टेरर टेरर फंडिंग और इनके नेक्सस ये जो क्वाड क्वाड्रिका जो आप उसको बोलते हैं इसके बारे में इस देश को इतनी डीपली किसी ने शायद पहले कभी नहीं बोला है आप यहाँ पर आएं इसमें ताजी जापान ने कैसे रेडिकल इस्लाम को एज नेशन एज सोसाइटी एज ए कम्युनिटी ब्लॉक किया है उसके लेसंस आपने दिए हैं सब लोगों को मोनिका अरोड़ा जी ने किस प्रकार से झूठी हिस्ट्री पढ़ाई जाती रही है किस प्रकार से बुक्स तक को रोकने की कोशिश की जाती है असली फ्रीडम ऑफ एक्सप्रेशन को रोकने और जितनी बेबाकी से आप बात रखते हैं और एक्चुअल में रियल सेक्टरिजम क्या होता है ये आपके थ्रू समझ में आता है और जब आपने ये बोला कि धर्म हिंदू धर्म उसको पास ही एक्सपीरियंस और ये समझ है उसको सुनके बहुत सारे लोगों के मैं सोशल मीडिया में रिएक्शंस देख रहा था थैंक यू फॉर जॉइनिंग शिव शाम से आप जुड़े हुए हैं कोऑर्डिनेट कर रहे हैं मॉडरेट कर रहे हैं इट इज ऑलवेज अ प्लेजर टू हियर यू इट इज ऑलवेज अ प्लेजर एंड वी नो कि आपने कितने कितने दिल से कितनी सच्चाई से कितनी प्योरिटी से आप इन सारे कॉजेस से जुड़े हुए हैं और कि, किस किस प्रकार के लोगों के खिलाफ लड़ते हुए आप बोलते हैं एक पाकिस्तानी जिसके दिल में सच्चा हिंदुस्तान बसता है बहुत-बहुत शुक्रिया बहुत-बहुत आभार आपका भी सीरियसली और ये इवेंट इतना सक्सेसफुल नहीं हो पाता आपके बिना मिनाक्षी शरण जी जिन्होंने आज हमको जॉइन किया और बताया बटवारे के बारे में भी बताया किस प्रकार से वॉयलेंस वो, हुआ था पॉलिटिकल इस्लाम के बारे में आभास जी जिन्होंने जो हमेशा बहुत डीपली संदीप बालकिशन जी ये सब इतने डिटेल में हमेशा से बताते हैं लेकिन इतने शॉर्ट नोटिस में आप सब लोग यहाँ पर जुड़े रॉबर्ट स्पेंसर जी जिन्होंने जिहाद के अलग-अलग फॉर्म्स के बारे में डिस्कस किया सुकी चहल जी जो के फेक uh, मूवमेंट के पीछे जो आईएसआई है इस्लामिक जिहादी पावर्स है उनके बारे में खुलकर हमेशा से बोलते रहे हैं विभूति जाजी नीरज अत्रि जी सभी लोग एवरीवन हु हैज जॉइन टुडे थैंक यू थैंक यू वेरी मच और ये जैसा कि मैंने शुरू में कहा दिस इज जस्ट अ बिगनिंग हम लोगों को इकटे मिलकर और बहुत सारे करने हैं की लॉजिक, ट्रुथ और यूनिटी इसके साथ हम इन सारी बड़ी-बड़ी जो एविल पावर हैं ह्यूमैनिटी पे जो खतरा है पिछले डेढ़ हजार साल से आज कई लोगों ने लिखा है ट्विटर पे 50 मिलियन मर्डर्स इन जस्ट लास्ट 100 ईयर्स हैज बिन डन बाय कम्युनिस्ट और जिहादीज ये इसके अगेंस्ट हम लोगों को अपने केवल धर्म के लिए नहीं, अपने केवल देश के लिए नहीं, बल्कि ह्यूमैनिटी के लिए। We need to come together, we need to work together, we need to fight together, and we need to win together. Again, thank you everyone. बहुत-बहुत आभार आज जुड़ने के लिए, लड़ेंगे और जीतेंगे। भारत माता की जय। जय हिंद।